on RSN 927, the Racing and Sports Rundown. Great to be back for another week talking a big weekend of racing. And it doesn't get much bigger than this. It's always been a big weekend here in Victoria with the Caulfield Cup. But the addition of the Everest has just made it an even bigger race day. And uh, we've got two states that get heavily involved in it now, and we are looking forward to dissecting it, trying to find a few winners. Brad Bishop in the host chair. I'll be joined, as always, by Adam Blenko and Simon Dinopoulos. We've missed the kick a little bit here, Adam, so we might get straight into things. This would always be considered Caulfield Cup Day in your point of, from your point of view, wouldn't it? Yeah, certainly. It's um, probably one of my favourite races of the year. I think that probably fits the bill for most people, wouldn't it, Um I think it's one of the. It's probably a down year slightly this year, but but a bit of a throwback Caulfield Cup. I think it feels like a, and certainly the the ratings would suggest as well that it's a Caulfield Cup, a bit like what we used to have at the the turn of the century. But what it probably lacks in an incentivise or a very elegant up the the top there, it certainly makes up for in betting interest. There is angles are plenty. One hundred percent. It's been a bit of a renaissance in the last couple of years with the Caulfield Cup. The one two years ago was one of the strongest ones we've had, one of the best finishes, two of the best horses involved in the finish, very elegant, and Anthony Van Dyke. And then last year we saw an absolute superstar in Incentivise. We were all hoping he'd do what he did that day, and it was fantastic that he did. I love this day even more so now because the Everest, it's controversial when it started out, but it's really carved a niche on the calendar. It's one of the genuine features of the Australian calendar these days. And I love the fact that it's on Caulfield Cup Day. It creates its problems with the Manicato and some of the other sprints here in Victoria. But when it was run on Caulfield Guineas Day, there was just a little bit too much happening. It was, uh, it was a massive day at Caulfield, not only with the Group 1s, but all the support races as well. And then we had the Everest to concentrate on as well. I love it. We've got two big race days with two big grand finals. Simon, it's been a very welcome addition to the Australian racing calendar, and it's a fascinating affair this year, not because it's probably going to be too hard to work out who the winner could be. We've got a, a very short-priced favourite now, but it's always an interesting race. Yeah, always an interesting race, Brad. It's the, I guess, the pinnacle of the Australian sprinters. Uh, we get to see the best race the best, and you know, there's often talk in the race of certain horses getting into the race. How are they there? But it's very hard to get 12 A-grade sprinters all in the one season. So I think to have genuine four horses, you know, rated 125 or better, that's right on par with previous years and also in line uh, with the Everest, uh, with the TJ, I should say, in the autumn. So really good race and obviously all eyes now on Nature Ship certainly feel for connections of loss and running. He was obviously set to peak today and look to be building nicely and to be scratched morning of, um, yeah, you've got to feel very sorry for all involved. Yeah, 100%. Uh, hopefully he bounces back and we can see him in the not-too-distant future. Uh, already spoken a little bit more about Sydney racing than we did last week. Good news for you, though, Simon. We're going to dedicate the second half of the program to the Everest, so we'll get to you shortly. We're going to kick off with the Caulfield Cup, though. Feel free to contribute here, though. We want uh, you and Adam bouncing off one another like you do on the podcasts that you do a couple of times a week for racing and sports. Caulfield Cup and I have a tumultuous relationship, Adam, because it's one that I've fallen for the obvious many times before, and it's always seemed in the past that when the obvious has won the race, I've 
been against it in that year. So uh, that does not add up very well for Smoke and Romans, who I am mad keen on. I've heard you um, sort of potting him might be a little bit harsh, but just raising some question marks. No, no, let's go pot. Let's go high. Yeah, potting. Okay. He, said he, he said he can't win. Okay. Well, I, I want you to tell me why he can't, because... I think he's the obvious. I can understand the fact that his rating might not necessarily be up there with what's been required to win Caulfield Cups in the past, but you've got to assess him on what we've seen, this preparation. And if you're looking for knocks, I think it's easier to find knocks on all of the other runners in the race. Yeah, when you were building that up there saying, gee, the, you know, the obvious often catches me out, I was going to say, well, what's, what's the obvious here? Because this looks wide open. To me, and that's, that's where I see um, Smoke and Roman's inside $4, and I think, wow, I, I can't be anywhere near that. He was 20 to 1 in the, the Turnbull, and I mean, Knight's orders are a little bit the same 25 to 1 in the Turnbull. Now, we're putting a lot, the market is making a big switch based on the result of the Turnbull there, isn't it? And the Turnbull, I'm saying, was an absolute farce, run at a stupid tempo, and a completely unsatisfactory test of the horses involved. So, I'm putting the Turnbull to the to one side, largely. I don't want to update my view strongly based on the result of the Turnbull. Plenty of horses were squealing home there much faster than ideal. Um, horses like Great House and, and Inspirational Girl were flashing home with, with big late splits and, and their Smoke and Romans, I think, winning opportunistically. So um, I was talking to Simo during the week and, and drawing the comparison, which when you get around to these big races is inevitable. You can't help it. You can't help but sort of draw comparisons to the you know, Caulfield Cup's past. And Smoke and Romans looks very, very much, certainly from a ratings perspective, like Svenifida, who was a Ipswich Cup winner, Smoke and Romans, Packenham Cup winner. Surely their, you know, their whole spring should be geared around trying to win the Geelong Cup or even just pick up a place there. <laughs> and then all of a sudden they turn up in a slowly run Turnbull and nick it. And we send them off Caulfield Cup favourites and they get beaten. Well, Svenifida did. And I expect this afternoon that Smoke and Romans will join him on the, uh, beaten favourites list. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm defaulting to, to not treating the Turnbull result very seriously and, and thinking more about how I was looking at this race and how I would look at this race if the Turnbull had almost not been run, and, and that makes me lean strongly to the, the big prices at the top now. We said two weeks ago when we were going into the Turnbull that it was you know, made for probably terrible radio, me saying I have no idea what's going on and being very wishy-washy about both Gold Trip and, and Duace. But if you're wishy-washy about them, it's you know it can be wishy-washy at sort of five to two and nine to two well now we're taking 14s and duace is even going to touch 20 to one in places so um that's a a big overreaction for mine duace has got a magnificent caulfield cup profile gold trips potentially a non-winner but if you filter down to his 2400 meter runs he's well he's he's the best horse here at at 2400 and, and there's not much doubt about that so that's my uh that's my default view on things if you like well, that's sucked the jam out of my donut. Simon, have you got anything that can uh, get me back up and about? No, I, I agree with Adam. Smoking Romans is obviously the weight horse. He's got the key. He's won the lead up and then he drops down in the weights. Ah, they're testing all the uh, all the sound on track around me, so that's good fun. Uh, but I think... Oh, it's interesting with Adam. Do you just go looking for completely different form? in the lack that the Turnbull was so poorly run. Uh, is Allegron and Benno, are they chances? I they were good chances. Now, you know, look to be good chances in the Caulfield Cup, which usually you don't see. Yeah, I assume John O'Shea is probably getting a pie at Holbrook about now. He's probably halfway yeah. down the highway, uh, racing to Caulfield at a million miles an hour to get there to see Benno, who must have a great chance. I don't think the barrier did him any favours. He's probably looking like doing something 
very much like he did in the AJC Derby, which was um, concede from a wide barrier, end up a long way back, make a strong move into the race and, and just pay for it late on and, and get outpunched by a better horse in, in Hitotsu. So that's loosely how I see that going for him as well. He could only run well. thought he was fantastic last week, actually, Ben Owen, and you could say the same for non-conformist who uh, beat... Scratch. Yeah. Beat Allbar incentivised last year, so... Um, yeah, he's going every bit as well, according to the ratings non-conformer. So if you like him, no knock at all. As I said, there's, I reckon I could sit here and make a plausible-sounding case for 12 of them. Who are the ones that you're keen to have a little wager on then? Uh, my betting will be mostly focused around the top two. I think that's the way I'm, I'm going to side betting-wise because I think there's a, there's a chance there that those have been priced up completely wrong. Um, Others, maybe not so much. I think you can make little cases around the fringes with, with some of the others, but sort of around the $10 mark, Allegron and Benno, that's, you know, if you like them, sure. If you don't, you'd mark them a little bit bigger than that. I have, but not much. Um, but, yeah, the top two are the ones that, at the prices they are, there is some sort of chance there that they are way over the odds. Yeah, that's the that's the thing about the uh, reaction out of that Turnbull with the market. We had Gold Trip and Duas who, who were going in with question marks around them into that race and they were single figure odds they've come out of it with question marks as well but now you're getting sort of three or four times the price so it's easy to get involved given you don't have to have a large investment to potentially reap some sort no. of reward well you certainly you don't yeah. need a watertight case when you're betting at 14s no. and 20s and you won't get a watertight case at 14s and 20s but um there's certainly a case to be made for both of them a strong one in fact Juace. Was, I don't know off the top of my head, but has she not traded it shorter than 20 to 1 for the last six months to win this race? Probably longer, Adam. I think the yeah. interesting thing with Jua is after she won the Tancred, if you were told six months later she'd have 55 and a half in the Caulfield Cup, she'd be close to 20 to 1 and Smoke and Romans would be favourite. How big a bet are you having? Yeah, oh, it's a full Kelly shove. Yeah. So if you, if yeah. you can have the full faith in Ed Cummings setting us solely for this race, uh, you've got to be on at the price. Yep, and I think Eddie's done a good job with her so far, so um, Cummings in a grand final, that's got a vibe to it. Yeah, the, the other thing about her, this preparation, is that she's been prepared for a Melbourne Cup and potentially a trip over to Japan, which was not the case earlier on in this year when she was so dynamic over shorter trips than what she's been here now. You can expect that she's going to improve out of the Turnbull. She probably needs to, but as Adam's pointed out, it wasn't a, a, a fast-run race and probably not a true reflection of the horse's ability. So if you have been with her, you've been backing her at those shorter prices, you can't possibly be jumping off now given you're getting 16 or $18. Yeah, no, no fully way. agree with yeah. that. Yeah. All right, so you guys uh, uh, playing the odds. I'm having, I'm actually having three bets in the race here. I'm not sure what the nickname for someone who likes to have three bets is, but I'm, I'm very keen on Smoke and Romans. But the ones that I'm saving on are ones that we've just spoken about there, Jewish, and also New Marion's the other one that I can see running a big race here today. What are your? We have, he's one that hasn't been mentioned yet. What are your thoughts on New Marion? Well, I told Simo New Merriam was hopeless before last start, and I, I must admit he ran really well, and his angle, and I, maybe it's a little angle for Montefilia as well, is that they'd come through a hill stakes that was really fast, 
Um, it was only a small field, but the pressure was on and the time was terrific behind Cascadian there. I think Cascadian ran the race of his life to win the Hill Stakes there and, and thrash up Numerian, as I said, fast time. So if you're interested in that, I, I, I could come around to that idea. And Montefilia looked very, very plain there, but she did go slow race to fast race. And I wonder whether that just caught her out on testing ground and maybe that does her the world of good. So Montefilia is another one where I'm not backing Montefilia today, but if someone was, I, I could see what they were up to and I, I could... You know what? I could fall for thinking that they were pretty shrewd. All right, yeah. beautiful. There's a, uh, a look at the Caulfield Cup. It's sure to be a, a very interesting race. It's going to be a great betting race. We will take a break now. We'll come back on the other side of that, and we'll have a look at the big one up in Sydney, the Everest. On RSN 927, the Racing and Sports Rundown. And we've had a look at the Caulfield Cup now. We turn our attention north. We are going to have a look at the Everest. As Simon touched on earlier, a little bit disappointing that we've lost lost and running, not just for the fact that he was a horse that the Tab had sided with. He had his supporters. He, it, I, I could see, Simon, that if Nature Strip did have an off day, he was the most likely winner. So it's robbed the race of a little bit of interest that the fact that uh, probably the second favourite is not going to be there. Yeah, I think the big thing we lost in running, Brad, he's solid as a rock. So he, you just knew he was going to run well today. Uh, he had the perfect lead-up in the premiere, which away from Nature Strip looked the main form. And unfortunately this morning, uh, you know, they say that's racing, but, geez, it hurt for a long time, I think. You know, this race comes up once a year. So, yeah, certainly feel for connections, but I know uh, Kementari sneaks his way into the field. Uh-huh. and. Oof. There's meant to be thousands here today at Ramwick, and they'll lift the roof if uh, Huey can get Kementari on. He, he's very rarely far away. Far away. I'm not uh, proposing that he might be able to cause an upset here, but I'd be shocked if uh, he doesn't finish midfield. Yeah, I think he'll run top. I think he'll run close to midway. I'll be surprised. He won't tail off. He'll, he'll run all right, Kementari. <laughs> but I think the interesting thing for the race with Nature Strip when you look at his past grand final runs, where we've seen him run uh, the ratings that his rivals can't get to this afternoon, he's been third up. So that is the interesting conundrum when you're doing your form. It's an easy pot. Everyone can look a bit smart, saying his second up record's poor. Uh, you know, he's such a good horse. You've got to find something to knock. Um, but I think it's all circumstantial. Uh, all second up runs were in semifinals. And prior to Winks, Chris Waller had a knack of sort of getting horses to peak on their day. Uh, Sacred Falls won three races in Sydney, uh, two Doncasters and a George Main, and he did them all third up. But he often got beat all the way through and then peaked him on the day. So Nature Ship has followed a pretty similar progression. Most semi-finals he's been beaten, and on grand final day he's produced his peak rating. We saw what he did at Royal Ascot to do that, you know, first up off the plane. was a big performance, and Chris Waller knows how to get him right on the big days. So I'm not reading at all into the second up syndrome, I think. His first up run in the shorts essentially was profiling like his second up run from a ratings perspective. So that looks a perfect pipe opener for him heading into this. And look, the race has been robbed of loss and running, but even with loss and running in the race, I don't think he actually could have beat Nature Strip. I think if Nature Strip runs up to his best rating, he'll be winning. And, you know, we've got to celebrate one of the best sprinters we've seen since Black Caviar. And Interesting from a rating perspective, if he is to run 130 today, uh, Winks ran greater to or equal to 136 times. Nature Strip will do it five today. So I think he etches himself as not only the best since Black Caviar, but probably one of the best racehorses we've seen here. 
Yeah, hundred um, percent. He, he is, and you touched on it. His grand final record has been amazing since the Everest two years ago, when he just did not come up that spring carnival. Pretty much every grand final he's been in since, he has won, and he's won so in um, extremely impressive fashion. One thing you are actually on track up there, so I'm not. I'm, I'm assuming you're inside, given that we've been listening to the sound checks all morning. But what? Um, <laughs> What's the wind like up there? Because I saw something on Twitter during the week which was really interesting that they might be facing a headwind while they make that big run into the home straight. Is that um, the way things are shaping up up there today or you haven't really been on wind watch at this point? I'm down on track on the fence at the moment. I had to walk out from uh, inside the betting ring because of all the sound. But at the moment, it's still still as it's a beautiful day in Sydney and much better than what the day would be in Melbourne, no doubt. And... Sun's out. The track's a soft seven, but I wouldn't be surprised if it gets upgraded to a six. And I don't walk the track, but my brother does every week. And he feels it's even. If anything, uh, four or five wide off the track could be, uh, I guess, the best lane. But said it walked pretty evenly. So that was the one concern going back rail in the true, whether or not the fence was going to be uh, the travelator. But it doesn't appear to be that way. And obviously, we'll monitor that during the day. Beautiful. This is the one week where we can't... Uh... Uh, we have to cop whatever those north of the border throw at us. We'll read the weather as well because it hasn't been that fabulous down here. But the good news is it's a very mild day today. We're expecting about 18 degrees, no wind, so it's going to be perfect out there at Caulfield. What are your thoughts on the Everest, Adam? Uh, oh, it'll be exciting to cheer around Nature's Trip again. He's been, as Simo makes the case, that he's you know, been one of the all-time greats, and I wouldn't really dispute that. So it'll be great to see him go around. I think the race would have been better off if Lost and Running stayed in and Nature Strip came out this morning, to be honest, because no Nature Strip and the betting here would be ferocious. Um, yeah. And probably the horse I'm most interested in, There's the, the other thing about it is how similar they are ratings profile-wise away from Nature Strip. Um, I am really interested in, in how Private Eye runs. I concede that he can't beat an on-song Nature Strip, but he could beat the rest, and he is... I'm a very big Joe Pride fan, and he is very Joe Pride, Private Eye. A five-year-old gelding who was just ticking along for a while there. I know he's an Epsom winner, but he was just ticking along there and then all of a sudden ran this screamer in a Stradbroke and came back and was even better at Flemington. And I think that win, as I said, Nature Strip kind of overpowers everything here, but that win first up in the Gilgai was awesome. And it was a back-me-anywhere-I-go type of win from, from Private Eye. And unfortunately, where he goes is into the best sprinter in the world. Um, but I think I've still probably got to have something on him, and if you can get good each-way prices, I'm really excited to see how Private Eye measures up to these you know, big-name sprinters because I think he measures right up to them and some, and I'm a full believer, five-year-old gelding, but I'm a full believer that he could be just coming right for Joe Pride. I mean, he's got old Eduardo in there still at his best at, at nine, so we might have four years of uh, high-end sprinting to come from Private Eye. Yeah, that's the, the good thing about this track. Uh, Jackano, obviously, he's a cold. He's there to try and improve his value, but like most of the other leading contenders are all gelding, so they've been in this race for a few years, and um, there's a, another division coming through, so which is good to see, so we might be in good hands. I'm going to ask you, we, we, we all expect Nature Strip to win, Adam, you've just, said, you just suggested you're going to have something on private eye, so I'm assuming you think he's going to run a place. Who's the other one that you think might fill a top three hole? Uh, well, gee, I, you know what? I'm going to have to side with ingratiating on the quick backup and with an important jockey switch. It's a, <laughs> Actually, it's a day of uh, recovery missions, if, if you like, uh, across, the, across the land. There's a few horses trying to sort of reinvigorate themselves, but no one, you know, no one fits that bill better than Glenn. Glenn's been in the wilderness 
but the soft hands of Glenn are, are back on the big stage and I expect them to, to shine there today. We've been calling him the human carabiner. He's made to climb the mountain, and if there's anyone who can pull this off and knock off the big one at the top, it might be Glenn. So seven-day backup as well. Lots to like there at 50s, 60s, 70s. What about you, Simon? Placings? Uh, I think you won't see a better semi-final run from Team Snowden with Marzu. That was just beautiful in the premiere. They've set him for this all the way. The drying track is a little niggle for me. If it was on the swamp, I'd be really keen, Marzu, to fill a hole. Uh, but Private Eye, I agree with Adam. He brings that different form, which I think is a plus. I don't think any of the horses that ran in Sydney can beat Nature Strip, where Private Eye and somewhat maybe Jack and O uh, can run well. But I think Marzu, for me, was the pick of the Premier, given Team Snowden's record with horses in semi-finals. Yeah, I agree. Marzu, standout as a, a place option for me. He's who I would have in for second. And probably Mask Crusader in for third, Jackano in for fourth. But, uh, yeah, I think we all want Nature Strip to win. We want to see the best horse salute and, and cement his place. Um, and there's plenty of interest there on who's going to fill the minor placings, hopefully. So that's a look at the big one up there in Sydney. What I want to do is have a look at some of the... Just pick out a couple of um, races on the support card. Now, the Kosciuszko's one that we don't know the form too well down here, Simon, but... Everyone's going to be tuning in because uh, it's one of the big races on the day and we it has a very big build-up. No, I actually sat down last night to do a little bit of form on this race and I thought far too easy was an absolute standout after I actually crunched some numbers. How did you assess the Kosciuszko? Ah, did you get a look at the final report before I wrote it, Brad? Because I agree. <laughs> I think uh, far, too, far too easy in front page. Handle the truth as honest as the day is long. Arcado. They're probably both going to run solid races and expect them to not be far away, but I think far too easy in front page. Those two sort of have that killer punch that can knock out, handle the truth and Arcado. I don't think if they've sort of got still a bit of ceiling to go where I think handle the truth and Arcado have levelled out, albeit at a good level, uh, but I'm hoping far too easy in front page can sort of take that next step. A drying track certainly uh, helps front page. If it remained in the heavy range, I think far too easy was close to a good thing, but we'll just have to monitor the track later in the day. It has the makings, um, Adam. Uh, you're one offbeat with the races that you really gravitate towards. I just had a feeling that the Cozzy might <laughs> I'll take be that as a one compliment. of those. Yes, we heard <laughs> no. about the Coonji all week, but where, where's the Cozzy rank? Uh, no, no, the Cozzy's not really on my. I enjoy it, but it's not really on my um, on my betting radar. Although I'm a uh, proud Canberran, so I'm uh, lining up behind Handle the Truth. I, he's won it before, and he's he's been terrific in it. Every year he missed a place one year un- under Nash when uh, each way prices were readily available. And a few, <laughs> a few people did uh, get stuck into the Kosciuszko with each way to nothing bets on Handle the Truth who managed to run fourth. Um, but he'll run well again, Handle the Truth. Front page, Wagatown Plate winner. So that's a. The Wagatown Plate would be much more my sort of go than, than the Kosciuszko. I think the Wagatown Plate's a, a far better race than this. So if you can win the if you can win the Wagatown Plate by four lengths, you're essentially Santa Ana Lane. So he must be um, a terrific chance front page. All right, I'll turn my attention to something that is a little bit more in your warehouse, <laughs> though. The race formerly known as the Norman Robinson Stakes, it's a, a Derby lead-up, and we've got a really short price favourite, the Derby favourite in Mr Maestro who has been fantastic his last two runs here. He comes up a dollar sixty today, and he makes a lot of the horses... Well, the second favourite, Red Sun Sensation, he handled easily last time out. It, what are you expecting from him today, and do you think that he is the horse to beat in the Victoria Derby? Uh, I haven't given... You've picked one there, Brad. You've thrown me the least interesting race on the card. He's a, 
<laughs> well, it, I'm, this is more of a look forward type uh, scenario um, because uh, I, I love the Derby, and um, he's he's one that I'm one of the horses I'm keen to see today. Not necessarily um, from a punting point of view today, but just with a, a look forward to a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, he modern derbies anyway. He's already sort of in the ballpark of, of what it's going to take to, to win a derby. They have to improve a, a little bit, and he gets a nice chance there today to. Belt up on not much, in truth. I think Red Sun Sensation, I must say, had a lot of work to do to turn things around on him. But I, he's a he's on my radar. Red Sun Sensation. He's a um, he's a horse who's shaped well every time he's gone to the races. He's got a lot of uh, time form plus and P action around him. Red Sun Sensation. So he's interesting enough. And and Muramasa's got a profile and never had a hope in hell in the start. The way things worked out and it bred to relish this this trip so maybe Muramasa can improve but it's a it's an absolute speculator and he'll have to improve plenty to beat Mr Maestro but yeah he must be a, a leading derby contender at, at this point Brad all right well uh, that that actually leads us into our best bets because I'm going to toss up I'm going to toss up a multi Mr Maestro Cascadian and Nature Strip $4.62 for those three I would be surprised if any of those three get beaten so that's one of my bigger plays for today, the day, that multi. And from a best bet point of view, you've done your best to deter me, but I'm sticking fat, smoking Romans in the Caulfield Cup. What are you guys uh, done, doing from a best bet? We've done poorly then. We've done poorly. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing from a best bet point of view, Adam? Uh, best I threw up was Generation today, actually. He's been a horse that um, I've overrated, the market's overrated, and given that he's running Group 1s in three of his last four, I think the stable have probably overrated him a bit as well. But... Today, he doesn't look overrated to me. I think he's got a few little advantages over the, the horses the market throws up as, as dangers to him. Dragonstone, I think he might have a, a positional advantage over Dragonstone, and he's got an established talent advantage over Asfura, who was a tragedy beaten around the horrible valley last start. But had she gone on and won that, she still would have done so, running about 30 pounds slower than the Moyer on the same card where Generation measured up OK. So I think she was unlucky last start. And had she got the luck and won, I think she'd be bigger odds. So Generation, I think, is overrated but consistent enough at a level that can win the Caulfield Sprint. I'm with you. Got him on top. Simon, best bets for you up at Ramwick? Uh, yeah, I made Nature Strip my best when they were betting black odds, but that's all well and truly gone now. So hard to find Nature Strip. But I'll go to the line with Waterford. I think he's a really smart horse uh, in the Silver Eagle. The wide draw, he was much better drawn last week, so that is a bit of a disappointment that he's drawn wide the second time around. But got Hugh Bowman on board. As I said, I think they will be coming down the middle. And Mr Mozart, it looks good for him from that inside draw. He'll lead, but I think Waterford's more got more talent to come, and I think he can beat Mr Mozart this afternoon. So race eight, number 10, Waterford, would be my best in Sydney. Beautiful. Waterford for Adam. Generation for Simon. Smoke and Roman for me in the Caulfield Cup. Thanks for listening. Thanks for your time, uh, guys. Enjoy the day. One of the great days on the Australian calendar. News time now. On the other side of that will be Michael Falgate and the boys with the lead-up to Caulfield Cup Day.